A successful retirement plan begins with assembling the right set of tools. Finding the proper ones for the job will allow you to drill down on your goals and nail down your future. Scott Searles, certified wealth strategist and owner of Skybox Financial Group, constructs retirement plans for clients every day and will share that knowledge and insight with you. It's time to open the retirement toolbox and get to work. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Retirement Toolbox. I'm Walter Storholt alongside Scott Searles, financial advisor and president of Skybox Financial Group, serving you in the greater Cleveland area, office also in Bradenton, Florida. And you can check us out online at skyboxfinancialgroup.com. We're going to put your 20 years of experience in the financial planning world to the test today. Scott, are you ready to roll? I'm always ready to roll, Walter. (laughs) Glad to hear it. And uh, we've got a good show lined up today. We're going to be talking about the most important part of retirement planning and uh, assess some different opinions that are out there, get Scott's reaction to them. Plus, we're going to feature a question from Tim that you won't want to miss later on in the show. Tim's a dentist and thinking about retiring. And so we're going to talk about his practice and uh, cash questions and thinking about uh, you know how to handle retirement for someone in his situation. So should be fun to dive into all of those topics. Plus, we're going to talk about pineapple during our getting to know you section. I have a feeling this is going to be a very controversial question to cover later on. So stick around for that as well. All right, let's dive into it, Scott. First on the agenda today, what is the most important part of retirement planning? I think we should all realize that the you know planning or retirement process is a bit complex, especially if it's something you try to do on your own, just because there's a lot of different moving parts and factors. I mean, we've done shows Absolutely. before talking about where if you adjust one variable, right, it can impact the end result. Um, but which part of that retirement process is, is the most important above all? We wanted to let that be our guiding question today. And so we've assembled several opinions on the topic from across the interwebs, and we're going to see if this advice hits the mark or if it needs further exploration. And I'll I'll start this off with, I guess, Scott, all of these things we're going to say are probably good advice. So we're not poo-pooing really most likely any of this advice. So we're just trying to really zero in on the most important element in their minds. And then, of course, we're going to give you the chance at the end to answer the question as well. Right. From the mind of Scott Searles. Yes. Uh, but first off, we'll start with Tom Mark of Jocelyn Rhodes. Tom Mark says the most important part of retirement planning is deciding what you want to do with your time. Well, so, you know, a lot of these and, and a, a lot of the media in general likes to oversimplify retirement planning because there are literally you know, hundreds of moving parts to retirement. And, you know, to really pick one thing, it's difficult. And, you know, the media loves to glorify things and and dig into things and get those catchphrases to to get you to read the article. You know, but when he says the most important part of retirement planning is deciding what to do with your time, I guess if you're a psychologist, you may say that, but from a financial planner, I, I would not say that that is one of the most important. It is an important part. As a matter of fact, I tell people all the time that when you retire, it's a lifestyle change. So you need to think about, hey, you know, I need to exercise. What am I what do I want to do in retirement? Do I want to travel? Do I want to, you know, get a part-time job to keep myself busy? I want to start a hobby, build furniture, collect stamps, whatever it is, you do need to have a strategy on what you're going to do ahead of time so that you can kind of prepare and plan for what your retirement's going to look like. 
But I'll tell you too, from the financial planning standpoint, is you can have all these great things that you want to do with your time, but you got to have the cash to do it. So, you know, if you're getting ready to retire, you're a couple of years out, you're working with somebody, you run some numbers and, you know, let's say you need $6,000 a month to live on and there's just no way it's going to happen. Maybe you can only, you know, safely do four. You know, that's going to dictate what you're able to do in your retirement. So though it's important, I, I wouldn't lead with that as being the most important aspect. Again, uh, all this will be good information on the show today, but zeroing in on the most important aspect, we can treat this like the Olympics, Scott. So like that was that was a run of the bobsled. First runs, like it's a good time, but that's probably not going to be a podium finish in, in the response, right? <laughs> there you go. All right, perfect. Uh, since the Olympics just wrapped up, it's fresh, fresh on the brain. Uh, all right, so let's try another quote here. Again, we're answering the question of what is the most important part of retirement planning. Ron Lieber of the New York Times uh, had this to say in an article, the most important advice about saving for retirement is this, start now. You know what? I do actually agree with Ron. That is mm -hmm. one of the most important aspects because you know, if you're playing catch up to save for your retirement, it becomes much, much more difficult to be able to accumulate the assets you're going to need to retire. So we hear about this all the time, whether it's in work in your 401k or it's just saving some extra money out of your budget. The earlier you start, you can use the power of compounding to build that money much, much quicker. So if you're in your 20s or 30s and you're listening to this podcast, then you definitely need to be saving now and saving you know, as much as you can because it's just going to make that retirement plan much, much easier for you to implement when it comes time for you to retire. I think that's really important to remember. It's so so simple, but yeah, uh, it's it's never hurts to start now when it comes to saving. So definitely remember that when it's really important advice. Uh, we'll see if that takes the podium spot. I guess that, that bobsled just, just pulled in at the top spot. So we'll see if it holds it all the way through. Definitely ahead of the first one. There we go. All right. The finan uh, this, uh, a random financial advisor in New York said this, the most important part of retirement planning is understanding how much income you will need to live comfortably. I've heard you kind of talk about similar advice before of that, obviously. Yeah. I mean, again, that is important. You know, but when when you're looking and you and you're laying out what your retirement's gonna gonna look like from a financial standpoint, doing that budgeting ahead of time, getting an idea of what you're gonna need to live comfortably is a big aspect of it. But I would say it is not as important as number two and, and that's saving that money. Because again, if you don't you can figure out, hey, I need six thousand dollars a month, but if you can only produce four with the money you've saved you're going to have to either adjust your lifestyle or wait to retire. And when you start to do your planning process and you get an idea how much you're going to need, pay your taxes, pay your, you know, your mortgage or, you know, your, your utilities and your groceries and, and your gym membership and all these things, you get an idea. It is important, but I would say it's not, uh, not the most important. So interesting to hear your opinions on these, Scott, and that's another interesting one. We'll see what direction this next one takes us in. This was from a robo-advisor, uh, Betterment. People may have heard that of that one before. Now, I don't know if this is someone who works for Betterment or if the robo, the robot, robo-advisor actually said this, uh, Scott. So uh, <laughs> we, we don't know. It was just on, this was on their website. So that's where I'm pulling it from. Uh, how much you would like to spend during your retirement is the most important driver of your retirement plan but it is often the hardest part to predict. Boy, I, if it was an employee of Betterman, I, I think they probably should get fired. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> because, you know, yes, again, like leading off that last one, it is very important to know how much you have, but it's not horribly hard to predict. If you simply, you know, you work on that budget, you get an idea where you're at. The big key, though, is you need to increase it for inflation. Now, there's a lot of variables and unknowns out there, whether it's taxes, investment returns, and all those things that play in to how much money you're going to ultimately have available 10, 15, 20 years down in your retirement. But actually, the hardest part is figuring out how much you're going to need. I, you know, I think we can get that pretty nailed down rather closely without, you know, some of those variables are obviously going to come into play. But yeah, I, I think you know, just like, you know, before it is important to know how much that you're going to be saving. And I mean, how much you're going to need to be spending in your retirement. But as far as the prediction thing, it's not hard to get rather close. Yeah, it's, that's really an, an interesting take because, yeah, you would think um, comparing that just to the previous one where understanding how much income you're going to need, that being harder to at least figure out, maybe not predict than figuring out how much you're going to spend in retirement. Like, we kind of know those numbers. We've got lots of years of your lifestyle data to kind of work with there Mm -hmm. and some standard assumptions to make. So, hmm, makes sense. All right, uh, so it sounds like the start now is still at the podium position, still still at the top spot. Yeah, I would say so. All right, uh, let's go to Investopedia website. A lot of people have probably heard of before. Um, An author, Julia Kagan, said on there, a proper portfolio allocation that balances the concerns of risk aversion and return objectives is arguably the most important step in retirement planning. Well, so Julia's not far off, but not exactly right on either. I, I would tell you, so yes, it is important to be able to have an idea of you know what your risk tolerance is in your portfolio, what you feel comfortable with. But the strategy that I do, we know you're get, we're going to need to grow our money because we know that inflation is going to be increasing. If you look at 20 years ago, how much a new car costs, the home costs, your groceries costs, all those costs are going to be up 20 years in the future, just like they were up in the past 20 years. And you know, so we know we need to grow that money. But at the same time, you've worked hard your whole life. You don't want to lose that money. So I get that angle of it. But I also know that if you structure properly and you get everything set up and you know, first of all, what return you need to earn in order to be able to live comfortably throughout the remaining life, be able to grow that money, be able to to beat inflation and be able to have that spending and purchasing power that you're going to need to your retirement. If you know that number, and then you structure kind of like a bucket kind of strategy where your income's coming from money that's very conservative, uh, then your longer term money, your longer term money can have a little bit more risk, have more volatility and get that longer term growth. So I, I think that Knowing what your return is that you need to, in order to have in retirement and then structuring a kind of a bucket strategy so your income's coming from very conservative money that doesn't have a lot of fluctuations, doesn't take a lot of risk, and also gets a little bit less return. And then get the, the larger return from the longer term money, that's going to be able to satisfy somebody's you know, need to be a little risk adverse, but also be able to get them to grow. So I don't know, again, that that's important, you know, the most important. It is a factor and it is something that important, but I think you can alleviate a lot of those concerns by simply structuring things the right way. Structure it the right way. So an interesting one, that provides a lot of thought-provoking, um, you know, questions there from Julia. So replaces uh, the start now at the top, or are we looking more at a silver medal position for this one, you think? 
You know what? I think uh, no, that's definitely not at the top. Maybe, okay. maybe yeah. I think we'll go silver. I still so think Ron for, for now. Okay. Yeah. All right. So Ron, Ron's still in the top spot. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, now this this one's a little similar to maybe the very first one that we had about you know deciding what to do with your time. But I wanted to throw it in here. Uh, a financial advisor in Minnesota said this: Your retirement plan may be missing the most crucial or critical piece: how to make your retirement genuinely fulfilling. Well, yeah, that is very similar to the first one we went through. And, uh, you know, again, not being able to, uh, knowing what you want to do in your retirement certainly is an important aspect, but a lot of it's driven by money and what you're afford, afford to able to do. So I would tell you, you know, this Bob said starting to wobble on, on the verge of crashing. So. This is one of the ones that uh, kind of til- tilted over on its side and slid across the finish line. So Exactly, okay. exactly. Gotcha. Helmet scraping the ice. Yes, yes. All right, very good. Uh, I mean, that's not very good. We don't want to see that. But uh, I, I, that did happen a couple times in the Olympics, didn't it? There were some dramatic uh, spills. Yeah, they get up high on those banks. And then they just go crashing down on the side. Mm-hmm. Oh, I can't believe the speed at which those folks are flying through there. Anyway, You know what's even more, you know, the bobsled yeah. is one thing, but the, what's that thing that's called the... Is it the luge? Oh, the luge. Yeah, or the skeleton is even more bizarre. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. You literally are. It's like you know being on a sled on a a snow hill, but going eighty miles an hour. It's crazy, and on hard ice, not soft, comfortable snow. Yeah, yeah, insane, insane. All right, uh, last one. Let's let's throw this one in there, and then we'll give you your shot at this, Scott. Uh, Mark Holbert of Market Wash said, "Picking the right planner and advisor." can make all the difference. Well, you know what? This is certainly, certainly up there, okay? Because you need to have someone that's going to guide you and help develop that plan and get everything all squared away for yourself. Because I think that the reality is that if you've got somebody that's putting together a solid plan for you and helping you stick to the plan, which is another very important part, I mean, you can have the best laid out plans in the world, but if you don't modify and adjust or, or deviate from your your route on the way to go to where you want to go, which is your retirement, you may not necessarily make it. So having that coach, that's somebody that's going to work with you, get that solid plan and make sure you stay on track. I think that might be the gold medal winner. Very good. I, I think that's an excellent one to have in position here at the very end, but you get the chance to go down the, the slalom. Well, I guess not a slalom, but go down the hill. Uh, on the bobsled yourself here to end things, Scott. So how would you answer the question? Would you would you team up with one of these other bobsleds to take the gold medal spot? Or do you have some of your own wisdom to throw in there? What would you say is the most important part of retirement planning? You know, I might make like a little bobsled train here because I think there's a lot oh, of good okay, things nice. here. You're going to create I, a new I, sport. I love it. That's right. It'll, it'll, it'll be like a, a locomotive bobsled. Uh, but I think that a lot of these, and there's a lot of important parts that go into your retirement plan. Number one, you, you need to start saving and accumulating that money. Then you need to start working with somebody that's going to help guide you and develop that plan together. You need to figure out how much you're going to need for for in your retirement and then build that up for inflation, take into account taxes and, and everything else. You need to have an idea of what your lifestyle wants to be like. What are the things you're going to do? Do you have to put money into your plan because you want to travel and spend $3,000 a year in traveling? Well, let's build that into the plan. So all of these things are critical, and we need to have them all put in there in, 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 into that well-designed financial plan in order to make everything work. 
I love it. I'm glad that this ended with us creating a new sport for the next Olympics, the bobsled train. Um, That's right. Boy, boy, <laughs> everyone's going to have to be working in concert really well there, or else that could get really out of hand with multiple bobsleds going down the hill. That first guy goes down, man. Yeah. That's a mess. That's right. Well, that's the importance of uh, having the coach or the planner or the advisor to make sure all those uh, bobsleds are working in concert with one another, just like it is in a financial plan. All of these are great pieces of advice, but you've got to bring them all together to truly have the most important part of retirement planning, that collection of good pieces of advice and good practices to follow. Man, great what analogy. A, what a beautiful way to bring it home. Uh, if, if you'd like to chat with Scott a little bit about your own plan, your own financial situation, easy to get in touch. You know, we do this show for education, maybe a little bit for entertaining. Uh, hopefully some of you get a chuckle out of some of the things that we talk about here sometimes, but also some education about the financial world. But if you want to really dive into planning, really set yourself up for a successful retirement future, just have a conversation with Scott. It begins simply. You can call 888 888- Seven four two zero one eleven. That's eight 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 seven four two zero one eleven. Or you can go to skyboxfinancialgroup.com for more information. Or a really easy way is to go to talktoscott.com and schedule a time to visit. And you can schedule it right from your smartphone or computer. Talktoscott.com. And we'll put all those links and contact info in the description of today's show. Scott, well done. Thanks for helping award and also win the gold medal in our most important part of retirement planning Olympics here. That was fun. Hey, I, I had a ton of fun, too. It's getting to know you time. All right, time for a little fun. We're going to ask Scott uh, a getting to know you question here. Fun to just get to know his personality a little bit on the show. Controversial question this week. So get ready to argue this one out with us through the through the radio or through... Uh, through your podcast listening app, whether it be your phone or your car, wherever you're listening to the show today. How do you feel about putting pineapple on pizza, Scott? You know what, Walter? I'm all for it. I don't have a problem with pineapple on pizza. I knew you were going to be pro-pineapple. You know know what? When it comes to pizza, I'll try anything. I like combinations of stuff. And, uh, you know, the worst part when you try it, you know, just pick it off. Take it off. It's no big deal. Eat the rest of your pizza. Mm. So I'm always willing to try it. But I remember when I was a kid, we used to go to this place called Chuck E. Cheese. Oh, yeah. Everybody remembers Chuck E. Cheese. You made that sound like no one else knows what Chuck E. Cheese is. Well, you know what? It it was, I don't know how many Chuck E. Cheeses there are. I mean, uh, they're all over the uh, place, aren't they? Well, I mean, people listen from all around the country. I don't know, you know, if they've Chuck E. Cheese's in, in. I'm I'm looking it up right now. Let's see. As of June 2020, Chuck E. Cheese operated 612 stores. And are they all in Cleveland? Uh, I don't think they're all in Cleveland, though. (laughs) Does it feel like they're all in Cleveland? (laughs) No. But you know what? The Chuck E. Cheese, we used to go there as a kid, and my favorite pizza at Chuck E. Cheese was the ham and pineapple pizza. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. So I I would do, they had these big pieces of ham, and, you know, it, it was Kind of crappy pizza, you know, but back in the day when you're a kid, you don't eat pizza. Yeah, all the there, time. there's no yeah. such thing as crappy pizza when you're a kid. The, well, yeah, you get to play video games and, and look at those characters and dance and sing to you. The, so the, the cardboard pizza that they served at the school cafeteria was amazing pizza back then. That's exactly right. So, yeah, I have no problem. I could do ham on the, on the pizza all day long. I guess I'm a bit biased in my hate for pineapple pizza because I'm allergic to pineapples. So that's. <laughs> That's a big problem. That's a problem. Yeah. Uh, So I don't like pineapples at all, let alone being on pizza. Um, Yeah. If if I order like, you know, the fruit as a side at a restaurant or something like that, if it had pineapple in the mix, even if they take them out, like the juices and everything get in with everything else and 
like my mouth can't stand the taste or smell of pineapple. It rejects it immediately, even if it's not actually there and it's just been in the vicinity. Yeah, it's, hmm. it's bad. It's weird. Interesting. It is not a severe allergy by any means. And it is the only thing to my knowledge that I'm allergic to, but it's a weird thing. It runs in my family. I've got an aunt and I think a grandparent that uh, is also uh, allergic to pineapple. So I've never heard of such a thing. Yeah, it's really bizarre. Uh, it makes my tongue tickle and my lips swell up a little bit. Nothing like throat closing or anything like that. Um, and it only lasts for a couple of minutes, but it's, it's not pleasant. Uh, it once happened to me drinking a beer, actually, and it turned out it was like a pineapple-infused beer. Hmm. Didn't, didn't know it at the time I was drinking it, but yeah, it caused the same reaction, which was really interesting. So, wow. Yeah, kind of a weird... It's the one thing I'm allergic to. It's really funny when I go to the doctor because at some point someone asked me, "Are you? do you have any allergies? And I told them pineapple and they were like, what, is, you know, what does it do? And I was like, it tickles my tongue and throat. And <laughs> so every time I go to any doctor now, they're like, uh, any, any allergies other than pineapple? And then every time the doctor would go, you know, especially if they're new, they'll be like, and that tickles your tongue and throat. <laughs> it's like such a, like, I don't think this is what was intended when they asked for allergies. But You do that on purpose too, <laughs> just to mess with them. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Like, even if I get over that allergy sometime, someday, I'll leave it on there just because it creates a, a fun moment, if nothing else. So Love good it. stuff. Love it. All right. Uh, let's get serious again. Let's answer a listener question. Coming up next, we'll open up the mailbag. It's time for the mailbag. We want to hear from you. So our mailbag question this week comes to us from Tim. And Tim says, I'm a dentist and thinking about retiring in the next five years, maybe less. I own my building. So would I be better off to sell the building and invest that cash or try to actually sell my practice to someone else and then rent the building to them? So, Tim, actually, this is a common question that I get all the time, not necessarily just with dentists, but with business owners in general. So there's a couple ways you can approach it. And I guess, you know, the first thing is, is what kind of lifestyle do you want to have, right? Do you, do you want to, uh, you know, when it comes to the building, when you're going to keep that and you're going to rent it, it creates some, some issues, some, some different hurdles and, and, you know, maybe a little bit of pain in the butt factor in there. But, you know, there's a couple routes you can go. And if you sell the, your practice, I assume kind of your first thought is just, you know, abandoning the practice and selling the building and shutting it down. Uh, I probably, that would, you know, I assume you've got a, a good clientele there of people. You know, so you could sell your practice and then rent that building, building back. That would probably be something that, you know, would financially work quite well. You know, the other thing to think about, too, is you could actually continue to own the practice and then hire dentists to run the practice and probably make more money and then continue to own the building. Uh, so there's a couple of different avenues you can go. But like I said, part of it's like, you know, your lifestyle. Do you want to be somewhat involved? Do you not? Do you want to worry about renting the building and, and doing the administration and the upkeep and the maintenance of it? Um or do you just want to be done with everything? And so that's kind of what it boils down to a little bit. Either, you know, either those options will work for you. I, I think financially, you know, selling the practice or, or continuing to keep it and have somebody else run it for you uh, might work out better. But, uh, you know, if you want to dig into it deeper, Tim, feel free to schedule a call with me and I'll be more than happy to walk you through your specific situation. 
Again, that number to call to get in touch with Scott is 888-742-0111, or you can go to talktoscott.com, schedule that time to talk that out. Uh, Tim, that goes for you and anybody else that's got a similar question. Anything about retirement, financial planning, a great chance to get on the right path by talking to Scott about your situation and getting that plan in place to move forward. Talktoscott.com or 888-742-0111. Links in the description of today's show to get in touch. Scott, thanks for the help and the guidance on the show today. This was fun, and uh, good job on the bobsledding, my friend. Hey, you know what? Who doesn't love the Olympics? There you go. Go, go get yourself some pineapple pizza, and we'll, we'll try to reconvene for another episode in a few weeks. I already ordered it online. Oh, it's coming. Oh, no. Oh, unfortunate. At least we're doing this remotely, so I don't have to be there. <laughs> Fantastic. Thanks, Scott. We appreciate it, and thank you for listening to today's show. For Scott, I'm Walter. We'll see you next time on the Retirement Toolbox. Go Cavs. Investment advisory services provided by Skybox Asset Management, LLC.